Hello again. Boy, that went fast, didn't it? This is Kristen Wambach with Intentional Now Podcast. Welcome. I am so glad that you are here today. Okay, here we go. We are continuing on in our journey. Today's title, You Have My Undivided Attention Again. That is the subtitle for Chapter 3 in A Lady in Waiting in the Unfinished Book. Yes. Have you ever said that? You have my undivided attention again. Such a vulnerable statement. (laughs) So there were some questions last week. Did, Did you have an opportunity to step through that door I talked about? Did you encounter your book? Did you have a look from it from a different perspective? Maybe you encountered your destiny scroll. Maybe you met with Jesus for the first time through that doorway of heaven. It's just amazing. Now, the unfinished book. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. But my first book title was called A Lady in Waiting. I'm very familiar with it. This chapter is very dear to me. So much transition and vulnerability happens in this chapter. Sometimes you just wonder, am I going to share this with the reader? I mean, it is a really tender place. But to set this up, the reason why I was saying, God, you have my un divided attention again because life was transitioning so um my local church that we had founded and organized we had had a location um downtown for about seven years well the interesting thing is is that hunger and that desire for truth and revelation, you know, it, it leads you somewhere. And heaven, we're all looking forward to going there at the end of life as we know it, right? But the road is very narrow when you discover the doors are open when there is still breath very much in your lungs. Amen. So, That particular statement and us discovering the doors of heaven, the windows of heaven being wide open and that heaven was there for us to discover. Heaven was there and is there to help us overcome and to see Jesus and know Jesus in an experiential way. Well, Sometimes when you're doing things that are different or um, it's not something that you have a A, B, C book plan for, some people just don't want to go there with you. So in this transition, we as a church went through several releases. We'd release people. We'd give them the opportunity to leave. And that's the right thing to do, right? 
it's before there was any difficulties, before people got to the place to where they were uncomfortable. The Lord did say, hey, it's time to do another release. And that's what came from the pulpit. We released people with love and blessing and wished them the best on their way. But it was hard. And so I think we did that about three times over a course of a year. We released people because some people just don't want to go into the unknown. And that I I don't understand. I Because I just totally live in that unknown place and asking Jesus, what is this about? Would you teach me? I, I feel really secure in his presence in that place of the unknown or the mystery or in the darkness of God where it's not really dark at all. It's just that I'm not familiar with it and my understanding hasn't grasped it yet. But it doesn't mean that my understanding isn't going to grasp it because it does. You just have to go and you have to trust God. So we released people and in the process of releasing people, our financial income dropped severely. So we were no longer able to lease um, a building, a space in the downtown. So we transitioned again, went around the circle and we went back to being a home church. That was really difficult. Um, So here I am, I'm sitting there and I say, God, you have my undivided attention again. And things come in, they rush into your brain and you try to figure out what went wrong. Did I go wrong? Did we hear God right? Did we make a mistake? All those things just um, loop around in your brain over and over and over again. And people, you know, people want to have an excuse instead of asking. They just say, well, something must have been wrong. No, it doesn't mean things are wrong. Sometimes it can mean that things are very right. You're just walking a path where it takes great courage and great tenacity to continue on. So as we were releasing people and I'm writing this portion of my life, the lady in the waiting. I mean, this time in my life, some of the best and most personal testimonies occurred. You'll just have to read it. And I am so fond of my story about Jane, and I'm not going to tell you much more about her. You have to go read about it, right? In the unfinished book, you can find it. It's available on Amazon. You can find it in Barnes and Noble, or you're welcome to order one directly from me, and I'd be happy to sign it for you at kristenwombeck.com. But you hear the stories of Jane, and then you hear all these testimonies about how Holy Spirit is working through me and touching other people. Yet, I'm still transitioning on a public um, scale and it just feels really uncomfortable. And, And it's a time where, you know, God, you have my undivided attention. So 
I'm literally on my face, asking, seeking, search my heart, oh God, speak to me, encourage me. And he does. He always does. He always, always does. Maybe you are in that place right now. That place of transition where, geez, the the wheel totally turned and you're not where you used to be and you're not quite sure where you're going to go. I hear you. I really do. But yet you still hear the Lord's voice and, and can feel his comfort and his peace. We have to step back and say, yep. I am in the right place at the right time in the right season and I'm going to shift with him. We shift with him. Wherever it is that we're supposed to shift to, we shift with him and stay in that place of peace. Stay in that place of communication and communion with him. It's good. It's really good. So I'm going to talk a little bit. I want to read a portion from the the book. And it's just a little bit of a dewdrop having to do with, with dreams and how they speak to your life and how the Lord speaks to you through your dreams. So there's, there's three brief snapshots on what, um, dreams reveal to me. So you can have a pizza dream, right? And that's a processing about life. What I'm fussing and focusing on and meditating and chewing on in my night season. How daily circumstance affects me, where my own self and feelings hide. And if another person is involved, how their actions reverberated response. Growing up in a testosterone-filled environment, it's easy to see how I developed an attitude of suck it up, toughen it up, no crying in baseball. So I learned that pizza dreams tend to process the leaven in and around my heart. Jesus had to break me of that habit. Boy, did he. No longer do I stash or bury my feelings. Holy Spirit is not able to be a comforter if I'm not admitting to needing comfort. The root of unmet needs will grow into hopelessness. Now then there's the paparazzi dreams, right? What the enemy has taken pictures of and he gets paid big bucks for selling it to the tabloids, right? Photoshopping software included your worst self situated on a magazine rack displayed at the checkout line at the grocery store. Fear of man and fear of self. Ah, Paparazzi dreams. Those are the ones where he just messes with you with things that aren't even spoken or even thought, but he just messes with you. And the, the crazy thing is about those dreams is that they're so real and they can be so disturbing and they're hard to deal with. Those dreams. Oh, no, thank you. Then 
here's the best of them all. This is the Papa God dream. This is strayed from the throne room. His love and purpose is revealed openly, secretly upon the river of life to the kingdom of heaven. Trans relocation practice. Yes. You know those dreams where it's just kind of like, I was there and I was helping somebody or I was laying hands on somebody and I got healed or I was walking around somewhere that was so familiar. You can actually put your finger on it. Yes, this is the practice place for trans relocation. This is where God takes your spirit and you get to go and you get to minister for him is absolutely wonderful and marvelous. So these days I take before his throne a majority of my night encounter dreams, encounters or night visions to understand and bring clarity and expose the enemy. Yes, that's what I do to expose the enemy or expose feelings or emotions that I'm holding in because I don't want them to get trapped. That is not good. So, so the protocols that I use, I take my dreams every day. If I have a dream and it's something that I remember and I always journal the bits and pieces of it, I take that to the courts of heaven. So maybe... You might say, Kristen, what are the courts of heaven? Let me give you a little nutshell. So, you know the heavenly door that I've talked about that we have gone through. Yes? Okay. All you need to do is go through that heavenly door, step through the door of Jesus Christ, and when you see him right there, just say, Jesus, would you take me to the courts of heaven? Would you take me to the court of accusations? And when you go, take your dream with you. Now, you are totally able to learn everything from him. He is the master teacher. But I tell you, I'm sharing with you, that I take my dreams to the court of accusations, especially those really upsetting dreams. And I ask Father, to show me what right the enemy had to torment me when I sleep. And I hear it, and the enemies tell me what it is and what right. And then I repent and ask for forgiveness and get that released from my life, and it is gone, and the enemy has no legal right to do that ever again. It's amazing. And for those of you, just a little note for that, those of you that are parents and you have children that have those, those night terrors, this is your key. Take your child in the spirit and go to the court of heaven and find out why the enemy has a legal right to torment your child. God will show you, you will hear, ask for forgiveness. Absolutely. And that thing will leave and never bother your baby again. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. So that's just my little snippet 
talking about different kinds of dreams, your pizza dreams, the ones where you process people and you're processing your day, and then your paparazzi dreams, the ugly ones, and then your Papa God dreams. They are so good and they help you and encourage you so very much. Okay. Well, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. Oh, by the way, it is my birthday week. Yay. That's why I'm getting this done a little bit on the early side because I didn't want to miss you this week while um, I was celebrating some birthday festivities. So happy birthday to me. (laughs) Thank you very much. Okay. So as we usually do, you get an opportunity to ask me a question. Okay. Before we go. All right, so give me a minute to hear the question. All right, and I'm just thinking and I'm listening right now. Okay, so this is the question that I heard. So I heard, the question I heard was, Kristen, what do you do when you've discovered heaven and the people around you don't understand it um, when you share, and maybe even your church family doesn't understand it. And so that leaves you with nobody to discuss it with. I hear you. I really do. Yep, been there, done that, felt that, and it doesn't feel good. And I just acknowledge that place of you are so on fire for Jesus and he's teaching you and showing you, yet your ability to communicate that to other people is closed. I remember all too well. Can I tell you something that's true? You are not crazy. (laughs) Not at all. You are right on the money with Jesus. Yep, heaven was created to help us. Heaven was created so that we would learn how to rule and reign and overcome. You being in heaven, sitting with him, walking with him, learning and discovering with him is absolutely the right place that you could be. Don't ever look back. And don't let another person who has never experienced it give you advice. They don't know how. So keep stepping through the doors. Keep stepping into heaven. Hold Jesus' hand and let him teach you and show you. And just believe him. That's all you have to do is just believe him. Ah, you guys have another question. Okay, so I was talking, I heard a question about um, when we released people. What did that look like? So it was usually the leadership had um, agreed in prayer ahead of time that God was asking us to offer a release again. So on a Sunday morning during the message, we would simply share that, exactly that, that God had asked us to open it up and give people the opportunity to be released from um, walking with us. And um, 
that way, when people have the freedom to release, to, to, to move on, whether they have the courage to ask you or, or tell you, you've given them that freedom and then they leave and they go knowing that there is a blessing there for them. It, it's a way of staying in communication with people, even if you're, you're walking at a different juncture. So you get to the Y in the road and you may be going right but they go left. And when you release people voluntarily, then they have full blessing and full permission and full acknowledgement to make the choice that they feel is in their heart. And that's why we release them. Maybe you are a person currently in a body of believers that you wish somebody would release you. Hmm, that's a good question, huh? I got another question, question for a question. Does the leadership know how to do that? See, we can no longer ex have the same expectations. We can't expect them to know how to release, them, release us if that language if they haven't walked that and heard that from God. So I would go back into, go talk to the Lord and say, how will this come about? How would this happen? How can I walk through a release? And he will tell you. And then the important thing is don't delay. Because when we delay, following through what the Lord has asked us, then it kind of hinders all those doors and, and your path that he wants you to walk in. So don't delay, but make sure you know that you know in your conversation with him what his plan and strategy is for you to be released. And then communicate that with the people that you're supposed to communicate with too. It's, it's easy. Everything is based on relationship and community, right? Okay. Well, I think we're done for the day. It's always good. It's always wonderful. and so affirming to have a conversation with you, to talk and to hear and talk about different things. <laughs> It's like we can sit down at the dinner table and we're having dessert and coffee right now and we can talk about things. Put questions on the table. Discover things. Yeah. You, if you have more questions, please don't hesitate to pop those in the comment section on the Podomatic website, or you could pop over to kristenwombeck.com and pop into my Let's Connect. And I would love to hear your questions and I talk about them on the air. I think that would be so phenomenal. So you have a really good day, a really great day. I look forward to talking to you again. I'm constantly thinking and then I write these notes yes I want to talk about that and then I hear him saying he goes yes I want to talk about that 
And yes, I want to talk about that. We have so much to discover and so much to talk about. And you know what? You can overcome. You can press through. You can learn how to see and hear and develop your senses in the kingdom of heaven. Go get you the unfinished book. It will really help you and encourage you. That's why I wrote it. I wrote it for you to encourage you. Okay? You have an absolutely blessed day. I believe in you. Jesus believes in you. And I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining me. Oh, don't forget to hit the follow button. Okay? (laughs) I'll talk to you soon. Bye now.